It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Mexican standoff. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. U.S. border security concerns got an airing out in Mexico yesterday as top Biden cabinet officials met with Mexico's president. Washington wants Mexico's help in slowing the flow of migrants through their country to the U.S. southern border, where thousands continue to enter illegally every day. But it sounds like any Mexican help comes with a steep price tag. President Obrador has said he's willing to do more, but wants the Biden administration to ease sanctions on Cuba and Venezuela and increase aid to Latin America. Correspondent Nicole Skanga, Texas Sheriff Brad Coe says Mexico is asking too much. They're willing to help us only if we lift sanctions on Cuba and on Venezuela. It gives them an advantage both ways for Mexico. They're helping Venezuela. Venezuela is going to help them by either economically or strategically of some sort. Same thing with Cuba. Build up some bases there and be a, another terror on our southern border. While those talks took place in Mexico City, another large migrant caravan continued to make its way northward through Mexico toward the U.S. Developments in the Middle East War. Our other top story this day, we begin with Fox correspondent Trey Yingst. Israel is fighting a conflict on multiple fronts as battles expand inside Gaza amid the backdrop of a humanitarian disaster. Further north, fierce battles are ongoing between the IDF and Hamas as ground operations expand across the Strip. With the growing fronts faced by Israel and the increasing attacks on U.S. forces in the region, former U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman says ignoring the proverbial elephant in the room, Iran, isn't helping matters. Iran has taken military actions against the United States, and of course, in, in that context, the United States should respond accordingly. I mean, that's what America does when it's attacked, and those are the actions that, that keep this from escalating into something bigger. The most recent drone attack on U.S. forces by Iran-backed militants left one U.S. service member critically injured. Could be a major faux pas for Republican presidential hopeful Nikki Haley. History tells us slavery was the main reason for the Civil War, but the former South Carolina governor had a bit different take last night. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Yeah, Haley's comments came during a town meeting last night in New Hampshire. This voter was incredulous. In year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um, uh, you answered my question. The response on social media was quick and severe. Republican rival Ron DeSantis simply saying, yikes. President Biden said, quote, it was about slavery. The Colorado GOP has appealed the state Supreme Court's decision there disqualifying Donald Trump from the primary ballot. In a social media post, Trump called the legal challenges a pathetic gambit to rig the election and that Colorado was the only state to have fallen prey to the scheme. CBS correspondent Scott McFarland. Today is one of the busiest travel days of the year. Millions of Americans, again, battling bad weather as they try to get from point A to point B. Drivers are plowing through flooded streets today in parts of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. The region got four inches of rain in 24 hours. Airlines have already delayed hundreds of flights today. There's a layover in Atlanta and I'm going to miss my flight there. So I don't know what to do with that. 
because by the time we get there, um, they'll be leaving. What do I do? It could be a lot worse, though, because of the layout of New Year's Day. Both Christmas and New Year's falls on a Monday. People have been able to stagger their departure times and smartly stagger their return times. So while there are more people traveling, the flow is spread out over a longer period of days. It's been the wettest December on record. Forecasters say snow isn't too far away in January. Prices at the pump have generally been down this year as people travel, but it could change over the winter. Oil analyst Tom Close. Bottom line is most of the deflation for gasoline is over now, and we'll see prices reinflate in the first 100 days of the year. But we're paying about the same as we were last year for gas. Okay, it's about three twelve a gallon, but three forty a gallon in Pennsylvania, three thirty five in New York. The CDC says RSV has landed more people in the hospital so far this year, more than COVID and the flu put together. Doctor Nathan Newman's with Extra Urgent Care. They're all terrible. They they can make you feel just awful. They can lead to infections that are so severe that you wind up in the hospital. RSV has hospitalized up to eighty thousand children, up to five. A Harvard study says social media companies raked in $11 billion in ad revenue for campaigns aimed at younger Americans last year. The researchers say the findings show a need for government regulation of social media since the companies that stand to make money from children who use their platforms have failed to meaningly self-regulate. CBS's Jim Crisula and in other tech news, a reprieve for Apple. Two higher-end models of the Apple Watch, the Series 9 and Ultra 2, can go on sale again for now after a court lifted a halt over a patent dispute. The Federal International Trade Commission had said that Apple was improperly using patented technologies in its blood oxygen measurement system on the watches. CBS's Christopher Cruz. All right, still to come on the Noon Report, cracking down on gun owners who forget to leave their weapons at home before they head to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania airports. New York's governor vetoes campaign finance reform measures and a financial break coming for student teachers in the Keystone State. This is meteorologist Ken McKinley. Lots of clouds in our forecast for the next several days. Temperatures mild this afternoon, gradually cooling as we head through the next couple of days. Complete forecast details are coming your way in about 10 minutes. Ah, thank you, Ken. Now, checking the stories, making news where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. PA state lawmakers could soon be considering a measure that would result in the revocation of a traveler's license to carry a weapon if they are caught trying to take a firearm through an airport TSA checkpoint. TSA spokesperson Lisa Farbstein tells WHTM. Interestingly enough, they seem to know where their keys are and their wallet is, just not their deadly weapon. Allegheny Democratic Representative Dan Frankel. It's something that is probably would motivate people to take more care and pay more attention to their firearms. Dauphin Democratic Representative Justin Fleming. My father, in all truth, had a concealed carry permit. I understand uh, what, what Chairman Frankel's trying to do to try and keep a safe environment for all of us. In recent days, TSA's encountered hidden weapons in Harrisburg and Pittsburgh airports. On average, 18 guns a day are seized at American airports. Supporters of that Pennsylvania measure hope to introduce it next month. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has vetoed controversial campaign finance changes. Details from Family Life's Sarah Harnish. It's intended to help less wealthy New Yorkers engage in the democratic process by having their political contributions given as much weight as those from donors with more disposable income. The bill would have allowed the first $250 of any contribution to a campaign to be matched by state funding, but Governor Hochul said the state didn't have the cash to fund the program. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank you, Sarah. On another front, the governor's plugging the state's upcoming minimum wage increase. New Yorkers are getting a pay raise. January 1st, the minimum wage 
will go into effect, $15 an hour in upstate. And going forward in the future, we'll be indexing the minimum wage for the first time ever to inflation. Well, that no doubt sounds great to minimum wage workers in New York. It's concerning for those who are going to be paying those wages. Edward Ardle runs a restaurant in Buffalo. They'll make more an hour, but if the price that gets passed on to the customer results in fewer customers, they're going to make a lot less. Another restaurateur, Chris McCann, says the minimum wage hike will squeeze owners and investors at many kinds of retail establishments. You can only take so much as an owner and a business before you have to raise your prices. The state's urging any workers who don't see the expected salary bump in the new year to file a complaint with the State Department of Labor. Speaking of paychecks, Pennsylvania will soon start paying its student teachers. Lawmakers approved a stipend program in the sign-off state budget that will allow student teachers to earn $15,000 during their required 12-week training period. Lawmakers hope it will help the state address its teacher shortage. As you might imagine, student teachers pretty happy about it. It's four months where you're working a full-time job and you're not getting paid for that full-time job. Emily Jets, a senior at University of Pittsburgh, lobbied for that bill all year. We have rent, we have cars, we have food we need to eat, like gas. The stipends take effect during the 2024-25 school year starting in August. Some rules changes will impact Pennsylvania dog owners. Details on that from Family Life's Brian Query. The new year could bring the return of more frequent canvassing of neighborhoods by Pennsylvania state dog wardens, checking to make sure dogs have current licenses and rabies vaccinations. More wardens will be possible thanks to increases in licensing fees, part of an updated dog law intended to keep pets and the public safe that goes into effect February 1st. Besides fee increases, the new law also includes a provision lowering the licensing age for dogs. Kennel licenses will also increase starting on March 1st, signaling the first increase in such fees since 1965. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you very much, Brian. More information out now about a deadly officer-involved shooting in Rochester, New York over the weekend. City police shared body-worn camera footage that showed police responding to Murray Street on Sunday after getting a report of an armed man. They later spotted 46-year-old Todd Novick, who eventually ran away and pulled what appeared to be a handgun. One officer opened fire, hit Novick in the upper body. He died at a nearby hospital. The weapon recovered was a replica. But the chief says the officer would not have known that it wasn't a real gun. Along with all of those Christmas presents that are floating around now comes a whole lot of packages, boxes, a bag. Yeah, lots of boxes and stuff. These folks were recently bringing in their post-Christmas recycling to Diamond K Recycling in Scranton, Pennsylvania. A lot of online shopping, so it's just tons of boxes. How many boxes would you say? Uh, 50, 60 maybe. Maybe 25 boxes. Operations Manager Patrick McCarthy tells WBRE. The bulk of our nature now is cardboard. Let's say 80% of it is cardboard, especially nowadays with everybody doing online sales. It used to end the first week of January. Now it actually goes to almost the end of January. McCarthy says the copious amounts of cardboard coming requires bringing in one or two extra employees to work overtime to get the flood of cardboard 
under control. Headlines from around the area. The New York State Department of Environmental Conservation is looking into a suspected avian flu outbreak in the Monroe County town of Webster. Nearly two dozen Canada geese were found dead at the North Pond Park Trail over the weekend. The Cornell Wildlife Health Lab at Ithaca is doing some testing to confirm that it was indeed avian flu, which is very contagious and often deadly for birds, but does not pose a major health risk to humans. The DEC is urging anyone who sees multiple sick or dead birds in an area to call their regional state DEC office. People who live in Cattaraugus County, New York, are being urged to remain aware of an ongoing scam. The county sheriff's department says scammers are posing as publishers' clearinghouse employees and claim the person who answered the phone has won a prize, but well, what do you know? They have to pay processing fees. Scammers then try to set up an electronic payment or ask to meet in person. Deputies say no one should ever give out personal information over the phone. And finally, get your swimsuit out of storage there for a little while. The Tafton Fire Company dive team and the Ledgedale dive team in Pennsylvania are teaming up to host their popular annual New Year's Day Polar Plunge at First Class Marina on Lake Wallenpaupeck. Ledgedale dive team captain Joe Zlodzinski. Lake's a big lake and it's not only it's not the only lake that we service and we service together. You only have so many people. Everyone's a volunteer so you sometimes cannot get a full crew during the day so we many 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 times have to mix match our, our teams together. Last year's plunge raised more than $20,000. If you want to give it a try, you can register online on their Facebook page or just show up that day and pay $25. Well, right now, let's dive into sports. Here's Randy. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, history was made in Elmont, New York last night as the Islanders hosted the Penguins. Pittsburgh blew out New York 7-0, and it was defenseman Chris Letang who made the waves. He had five assists in one period. The Penn scored six times in the second frame. Jake Gunzel and Evgeny Malkin both scored twice to help the Pens to the victory. In Buffalo, the Bruins ended their four-game losing streak with a 4-1 win over the Sabres. The power plays decided this one as Brooklyn shut down all six of Buffalo's advantages while the Bruins scored three of their four goals on the power play. Charlie Coyle had two of them. The Rangers won their second straight game, rolling over the Capitals 5-1 at the Garden. Condre Miller lit the lamp twice for the Blue Shirts, who also got goals from Artemi Panarin, Braden Schneider, and Alexis Lafreniere. Also skating to wins, Florida, New Jersey, Ottawa, St. Louis, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago, Arizona, Seattle, Anaheim, and the Kings. In the NBA, Julius Randle had 25 points, and Emmanuel quickly came off the bench to score 22. But it was not enough as the Knicks fell to the Thunder in Oklahoma, 129 to 120. The Bucks blew out the Nets, 144 to 122. Giannis led all scores; he had 32. In Orlando, Tyrese Maxey led Philadelphia to a 112-92 victory over the Magic. Maxey had 23. Tobias Harris and DeAnthony Melton both chipped in with 22. Toronto, Phoenix, and Cleveland, your other winners. That is a look at sports. All right, thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, a recap of the day's top stories and a listen to sounds from the year's top stories. 
Hi, welcome to Breakpoint. I'm John Stone Street. During this Christmas week, we're going to take a look back at some of the most important Breakpoint commentaries of the past year. Not that long ago, at least culturally speaking, someone known throughout the world for being quite neighborly said some things that most likely would get him fired today. Believe it or not, he said those things on public television. Yes, I'm talking about Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He often performed songs that he wrote to address issues that confuse children or cause them to struggle. One of those songs was called Everybody's Fancy. He hoped to help children love and value their bodies and to respect other children, too. Take a listen to Mr. Rogers. Boys are boys from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Girls are girls right from the start. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can grow up and be the daddies. Yes, sir, everybody's fancy, everybody's fine. Now, can you imagine someone saying these same things on PBS today? In fact, just last year in a segment from the Let's Learn TV series, PBS stations across the country featured a drag queen, someone who goes by the stage name Lil Miss Hot Mess. He was singing lines from his book, The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, Swish, Swish. It was to the tune of The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round. Now, the most obvious takeaway here is that any trust that previous generations of parents and kids once had for public television has long ago been squandered. A second takeaway is just how quickly some ideas have shifted from being unthinkable to unquestionable. Therefore, we should doubt anyone who tries to gaslight us into thinking that we're somehow regressive bigots for believing things like male and female are realities built into human nature. As an ordained Presbyterian minister, Rogers viewed the world in a noticeably Christian way. Though he didn't often discuss his faith publicly, his dedication to and concern for children was in very real ways Christ-like. For example, Rogers did not avoid difficult subjects if he believed that kids needed to talk about them. Everybody's fancy was Rogers' way of teaching children that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. For Rogers, that also included, and this is important, talking about the human body as something good, as something worth appreciating and caring for. Mr. Rogers even taught children that one of the things that made their bodies special was that they were gendered and that that gender had significance for who and what they would become later in life. As he said, only boys grow up to be daddies, only girls grow up to be mommies. What he's saying then is no less obviously true now, and it's absurd to suggest that Mr. Rogers was some hate-filled bigot for holding these views. No, it's those who tell children that their fancy bodies may in fact be the wrong bodies and may be in need of social, chemical, or surgical alteration. They're the ones that are living in the land of make-believe. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, please go to colsoncenter.org. Hi, this is John Stone Street with Breakpoint. I've got some exciting news for Breakpoint listeners who share our mission of equipping Christians with the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to have a courageous faith in this cultural moment. For the final weeks of 2023, a $50,000 matching gift opportunity has been provided by a generous donor. That means that your gift will be doubled when you support the Colson Center before December 31st. So please partner with us to equip more Christians in 2024. Gift today at colsoncenter.org slash December. That's Colson center.org slash December. All right, now let's check in with meteorologist Ken McKinley. 
clouds will dominate on through the afternoon. It is mild, maybe a little sun popping out. Clouds solid tonight too, fog and drizzle, and tomorrow more clouds and temperatures. A bit cooler in most locations tomorrow, but still above normal. Some precipitation later tomorrow night over portions of New York, mainly western areas. Could be some rain or some wet snow. On Saturday, some rain or wet snow possible. It will remain cloudy. Some sun coming out on Sunday for a change. Sunday night, early Monday, some snow possible across some New York areas, perhaps putting down a light coating over some areas. Be careful if you're going to be traveling in those areas for your New Year's celebrations. Right, thank you, Ken. And right now, you're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thanks again for joining us. Let's recap some of the day's top stories quickly here. Secretary of State Antony Blinken making a quick trip to Mexico to address the growing crisis at the southern border. Christina Ruffini fills us in. The Biden administration wants Mexico to do more to stop migrants before they get to the U.S. And Mexico wants the U.S. to help address root causes, including poverty and violence in Latin American nations. If Mexico cut off cooperation tomorrow, we'd be in deep trouble in the United States. John Sandweg is the former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs. That we need to work together on this and that there are investments that we're prepared to make either in Mexico and in Latin America to help solve this crisis. 35,000 illegal immigrants crossed over into the states just over Christmas week. Israel says its next war could be against Hezbollah in Lebanon if it doesn't stop its cross-border attacks on Israel. There's been this warning now from Benny Gantz, who's a member of the war cabinet. He's also a former Israeli military chief of staff, saying to the Lebanese government and to the international community, if more isn't done to rein in Hezbollah, push it away from its positions close to the border, then Israel will be forced to act. Also, a final aid package now being sent to Ukraine. That includes $250 million worth of arms and equipment from the U.S. Talks for more cash and arms will resume in the new year when Congress reconvenes. And Irish actor Pierce Brosnan is facing charges for allegedly going off trail in Yellowstone National Park. It's a big no-no. The James Bond star charged in U.S. District Court in Wyoming Tuesday, accused of wandering off near one of the park's hydrothermal features. There are boardwalks around those areas to keep visitors out of hot water, literally. Steam vents there can exceed 200 degrees. Not even James Bond can get out of that one. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Today, we want to give you a preview of our annual Family Life News Year in Review. Tomorrow at noon, we'll give you the full half hour's worth, remembering the stories, the people, and the issues of this very tumultuous year. To get you ready for tomorrow, though, here is some of what we'll have for you on the 2023 year-end special. Rockets targeted central Israel, sending hundreds of thousands of people to bomb shelters. Also, many of the southern communities, including this one, took fire from Gaza. A flash of light as a funnel cloud swirls in Salina, Texas, one of at least seven reported tornadoes across the south over the last 24 hours. This is Ludlow, Vermont, covered by two months of rain in just two days. Imagine encountering this craziness as you enter the New York City subway system. Filthy water, wasty. These guys tried wearing garbage bags to stay dry. Hundreds of wildfires continue to burn across Canada. This smoke has more than 55 million Americans under air quality alerts. More than 6,000 buildings crumbled or up in smoke amid more than 1,300 aftershocks. Day four in Turkey and Syria and the death toll has climbed to more than 20,000. A 17-year-old high school girl is still alive 
five beneath the rubble. She managed to message a friend of hers. So rescuers are working bucket by bucket. A Norfolk Southern freight train traveling from Illinois to Pennsylvania derailed in a fiery crash in East Palestine, Ohio. President Biden is opening up about those classified documents found at his home and former office. The kinds of things they picked up were stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. The Republican-led House has approved a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden. My father was not financially involved in my business. First it was no involvement, and then we find out about the dinners, the meetings, the phone calls, everything else. Where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Hunter Biden defied a subpoena from House Republicans to testify behind closed doors. The president also defended his handling of the Chinese spy balloon last week after the Pentagon waited days to shoot it down over the ocean. We begin our report at the border where 60,000 migrants are waiting. As a crisis grows at the U.S.-Mexico border, we're seeing the impacts right here in our region. New York's legal assistance group says so many migrants are asking for legal help on asylum representation and health care access. Americans citizens who need legal assistance with issues like eviction and insurance have to wait up to 10 weeks. We're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. This country is going in the wrong direction. You have no Let foreign me. policy experience and it shows. And, and you know what? It it shows. So who came out on top? The consensus? It was a tie. We have thousands of essentially motion pictures of people stuffing the ballot boxes. But Mr. Tens President, of thousands. they're not stuffing the ballot boxes. An Atlanta-based grand jury indicted former President Donald Trump on state charges. This is the fourth time Donald Trump has been indicted. The yeas are 216. The nays are 210. The office of Speaker of the House is hereby declared vacant. Congress avoided a government shutdown this past week, led by the new Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson. From Missouri to Ohio and into the Detroit suburbs, it's first ever strike against all of the big three automakers at the same time. More than 11,000 movie and television writers in Hollywood's Writers Guild went on strike. Both sides reached an agreement over protections and compensation for actors in the use of their images via artificial intelligence. Macy Petty says biological men aren't just taking the place of female athletes, they're putting them at risk of career-ending injuries. I mean, you're undressing in that locker room. Lee's teammates did it 18 times per week. They undress in front of him. So, I mean, that's sexual harassment. Guidance this year regarding transgender students, really what it does is it eliminates the rights of parents in their children's lives. They are now co-parenting with the state of New York when it comes to children experiencing uh, so-called gender dysphoria. The U.S. Supreme Court today dealt a major blow to affirmative action in higher education, striking down race-conscious admissions programs at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina. It was a unanimous religious liberty victory for former postal worker Gerald Groff regarding his uh, Christian conviction to observe the Sabbath and uh, the significance and impact of this case will be seen for years to come with greater protection and religious freedom in the workplace. Secret Service is now investigating suspected cocaine discovered inside of the White House. Robertson was a seminal figure of the religious right. He founded the Christian Broadcasting Network. For more than 50 years, Dr. Charles Stanley served as pastor for First Baptist Church Atlanta, but his impact could be felt far beyond. I wanted to get as many people as possible in touch with Jesus Christ. 
airing in 70 languages across the globe. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter has died. President Ronald Reagan put a crack in the glass ceiling when he chose Sandra Day O'Connor to serve on the nation's highest court. Dianne Feinstein, the longest serving woman in Senate history and a role model for generations of women, has died at age 90. Secretary Kissinger worked under multiple administrations. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. Matthew Perry is a household name to anyone who loved the show Friends. Your disease is just outside, just doing one-arm push-ups, just waiting. And now I finally feel okay and feel like I've got some strength. One of the most enduring and beloved personalities in television history. Bob Barker spent more than 50 years hosting game shows on daytime TV. Actor Robert Blake, TV's Beretta, his later life was filled with more drama than anything on screen. Famed writer and producer Norman Lear died last night at the age of 101. The creator of One Day at a Time, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times. Now let me tell you something. Come and knock on our door. The sitcom Three's Company made Suzanne Summers a TV superstar in the late 1970s. It had to be you. It had to be you. You're simply the best. Nothing compares to you. Now, the people, the stories, the issues that made news in 2023. That's just a preview of our full year-end special, which you can hear tomorrow, Friday, on the Family Life Noon Report. You'll also be able to hear our news team analyze our top five stories of this year. It's our annual Family Life Year in Review tomorrow at noon. And this weekend, you can also find bonus content of the people and sounds of 2023 on our news podcast page. Just ahead, wants to play some cards. You got no way. Good afternoon. Clouds will dominate on through the afternoon. It is mild. Temperatures close to 50 in many areas before we're through today. Perhaps a bit warmer in Pennsylvania locations. Maybe a little sun popping out south of I-80 in western Pennsylvania, but otherwise the clouds will be solid. Clouds solid tonight too. Fog and drizzle and tomorrow more clouds and temperatures a bit cooler in most locations tomorrow, but still above normal. Some precipitation later tomorrow night over portions of New York, mainly western areas. Could be some rain or some wet snow. And on Saturday, some rain or wet snow possible. No snow accumulation as temperatures will remain above freezing. It will remain cloudy. Some sun coming out on Sunday for a change. Heading through the New Year's period, though, Sunday night, early Monday, some snow possible across some New York areas, perhaps putting down a light coating over some areas. Be careful if you're going to be traveling in those areas for your New Year's celebrations. All right. Thank you much, Ken. And finally at noon... Rain Man? Yeah. Let's play some cards. Yeah. We shuffle the deck for you a bit on Playing Card Day. They're so simple, but the number of card games is nearly infinite. Playing cards have been around since at least the 9th century, but didn't take shape as the four-suited 52-card deck we're familiar with until hundreds of years later. 
Now, question one, why hearts, spades, clubs, and diamonds, you might ask? Well, one theory says they represent the aristocracy, clergy, peasantry, and military. Another suggests they just symbolize the four seasons. Why 52 cards in a deck? It's believed that represents the total weeks in a year. Some of the standard artwork on cards is a bit disturbing, like the king of hearts that seemingly is stabbing himself, but experts say it's actually a trick of the eye from poorly copied artwork over the centuries. These days, though, the most played card games in America? Solid and go fish. Got any eights? That's the world we live in for Thursday, December 28th, 2023. As always, we thank you for listening. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.